It is well with my soul. Because it's been exchanged. Whoa. Well, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. We just ask you to open our ears of our understanding, open our heart. And we just bind any spirit of distraction, any spirit of of, uh, blindness. We ask you, Lord, to open our eyes to see who you have made us to be. And, Lord, we thank you who you're in the process of making us, like your very son, into his very image, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. Amen. Baptism of the Holy Ghost and what? How many of you want to know a little more about fire? Now, the fire, your tribulation and the trials you're going through all the time is not your fire. Most of the time when we go through things in this life, because we did it ourselves and we're just reaping. Okay, come on, don't shout me down. But the fire is for another purpose. It's to help purge us into his very image. Amen. Now, I want to say this right up front, lest you forget now. I want to make this really clear. We talked about the coffee shop today. You know, the law was given for the old man so he could do what's right, and you could bring that old beast under control. Amen? Now, grace came to do something else. It came to bring us life and peace. The old covenant, the law was for the old man. The new covenant, mercy and grace is for the new man. How many of you think that's different? And we've been made new. We've been born of an incorruptible seed. So when I'm talking today about this new incorruptible seed, I'm not talking about trying to make your old man better. Now, you got that? Say, I got that. We're going to talk about God's process for this new man, how we can be conformed into the image. How many of you know as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow. How many of you know God wants us to grow? Amen. So we're going to talk about growth today. Hebrews chapter 6, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. All right, listen, let us go on to perfection. What is that word perfection? Maturity, let's grow up. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms. How many of you know there's more than one baptism? There's several baptisms. And the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Listen, God wants us to grow up, doesn't he? Listen, you know, this next verse kind of scares a lot of people. For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, have tasted the good word of God and the powers to come, if they shall fall away. I want to say something right there. That which is born of God cannot fall away. Don't shout me down. That which is born of God cannot fall away. The only way that can fall away is that old man, and he's already fell a long way. So why do you want to go back to those weak and beggarly elements where you desire to be under the law? You're cursed with a curse. We don't want to go there, do we? Now, but he's got a plan for us, doesn't he? The doctrine of baptism. Now, in in Matthew chapter 3, I want you to see something here. Oh, how many of you know there does not remain another sacrifice of sin? Jesus paid it once for all. He ain't going to do it again. He sat down at the right hand of the Father expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. And how many of you know we've been seated with him in heavenly places right now? We're seated with him because we what? We are in him. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist. I want us to see when Jesus came here in 
He says in uh, Matthew 11, he said, uh, 10, Matthew 3.10, now is the axe laid to the root. How many of you ever know we got a root problem? We got that root in Adam. How many of you know we got another root? It's in Christ. We're a whole new tree. Therefore, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. What did Jesus say? An evil tree cannot produce good fruit, and a good tree cannot produce evil fruit. There's your separation, guys. Now catch it. An evil tree cannot produce good fruit. A good tree cannot produce evil fruit. So by their fruits you shall know what? Them. Amen? And a goat can never be a sheep, and a sheep can never be a goat. Get it straight. There is a separation between the old and the new. This whole thing's about separation. Then he goes down he, and he says, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. How many of you like the Holy Ghost and fire? I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. Fire. Now look, whose fan is in his hands, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And he will gather the wheat in the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There's the separation, right? The wheat is going into the grain. It's good fruit, but the chaff is going to be burned up with unquenchable fire. There's your Holy Ghost in fire. See, from the very start, Jesus came to separate the chaff from the wheat, the old from the new. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a what? Old things are passed away and all things have become new. But he said he's going to baptize you first with the Holy Ghost. How many of you know it's really important to have the Holy Ghost in your life? John sixteen seven says, Jesus said, It's expedient for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the Comforter will not come. But if I go away, I will send him to you. That is a great exchange. He's exchanging himself for the Holy Ghost. Right? And Luke four eighteen he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You remember when Jesus was casting out devils, and they said, You're casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devil. And Jesus said what? If I by the Holy Ghost cast out devils, the kingdom has come. How did he cast out devils? By the Holy Ghost. When he was baptized, the Spirit of God came upon him like a a dove. And then the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. How many of you know he was led of the Holy Ghost? Everywhere Jesus went, he was led of the same Holy Ghost we got. The Holy Ghost was important in his life. He said, the Spirit of God is upon me to do these things. And then in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God anointed him with what? The Holy Ghost and power. What for? To heal all that was oppressed of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. Amen? All right. Acts 1-2, it says, Until the day in which he was taken up. Now catch this. You got this on the screen? Until the day which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments. How did he give the commandments? Through the Holy Ghost. Catch it. Through the Holy Ghost. And he says, uh, Unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now Jesus is a pattern for total dependence upon the Holy Ghost for what he wants to do for us in Christ. You got it? 
He's, he's the pattern. Jesus is. He didn't do anything except the Spirit of God showed it to him, took the things and brought it to him and showed it to him. And Jesus said what? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of, of those that, uh, of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe on him should receive. How many of you know you should receive? Apart from the Holy Ghost, we have nothing, no way to grow, no way to do anything. Now, Holy Ghost, 2 Corinthians 3, 3.18 says, We all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from what? Glory to glory. Now, catch that. From one degree of glory to another. We are constantly being exchanged, is that word changed, from one degree of glory to another. He is constantly bringing us into a fuller state. We are newborn babes, but we've got to grow up, right? He wants us to grow up to be full-grown sons and daughters, from glory to glory. Now, listen to this. You go from one degree of glory to another. Does the Scripture say we go from grace to grace? That word grace to grace, remember that word to means in exchange for. You get a measure of grace. Then he gives you a larger measure of grace. How many of you know you can grow in grace? Because the scripture says grow in grace and the knowledge of God. You can go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. You can go from one degree of grace to another degree of grace. Also, it says from faith to what? Faith. You can go from one degree of faith to a larger degree of faith. Catch it. He doesn't want us to stay babies. He wants us to grow up. Remember in Hebrews 5, he says, The time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you. As those that have need of milk and not strong meat. But strong meat belongs to them that are what? Exercise themselves. Exercise. Gymnos. Where we get the word gymnasium. So you can grow. Many of you know we're in a constant gymnasium, right? That's what Paul said. I exercise myself so I can grow up. See, he wants us to exercise ourselves. Now, the fallacy of this thing, which I want to make it real clear, in the church today, most of your message has been you need to change. You need to not do this and not do that. You need to grow up and, and quit doing what you're doing so you can change. Wrong. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And the old cannot change, right? You have to be born of another seed. But when you're born of another seed, you still have to grow. You still have to grow. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow up. See? And that's what the Holy Ghost is here to help us grow up. So let's go on. But we need the Holy Ghost in our lives. And we see, he, we see, he breathed on the disciples, said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. He gave us a power and authority to do this, right? He says, When the Holy Ghost uh, comes, John 14. 15 through 26, what he said there was a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. Okay? John 16, 8 says, And when he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he will reprove the world, convict the world, or convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, why? Because of unbelief. They believe not. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. And, and what the Holy Ghost wants to show you is that he's exchanged you for the very righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God in him. You can't get any more righteous. And of judgment because the prince of this world has already been judged. I mean, you know, he's not going to be judged. He has already been judged. The only problem is his sentence won't be fully carried out to one of these days when he's cast in the lake of fire. But he's already been judged. 
See, the Holy Ghost wants you to know he's already done everything with you and everything with Satan he's going to do. It's a done deal. You are complete in him, and Satan's complete in where he's going. He just don't like it. And he, he wants to make sure that he does his job till he, he has to get out of here. But that's why we need the Holy Ghost. He says, as many as, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Sons of God. All right. So we see we got to have the Holy Ghost. But what about fire? I started trying to find a message somewhere on the baptism of fire. I couldn't find one. wonder why. Kind of like Bob Mumford. He had a guy that graduated with him in college, and he's an evangelist. And he met him some, somewhere for coffee, and he said, what are you preaching? I'm preaching on reigning with Christ. He said, reigning with Christ? He said, what about the rest of that message? It says, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. He said, oh, I don't preach that first part. It affects the offering. I think to some degree we've liked the Holy Ghost, but we stayed away from the fire. But see, the fire has a purpose. See, when Jesus came, he came for a purpose to do what? To separate the old from the new. Follow me now. That's not a bad thing. The fire is not a bad thing. Uh, look with me in Malachi. Let's just go look at Malachi. This is talking about Jesus here. In Malachi chapter 3. Boy, am I getting ahead of myself. That's okay. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger. Who is the messenger to prepare the way? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. I, I will send my messenger to prepare the way before me. The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to the temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Isn't that what John was preaching? I baptize you with water, but he that's coming, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And the kingdom of God is here. And all of a sudden, Jesus is standing up in the temple preaching. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Is not this the carpenter's son? And he shall suddenly come to the temple, right? And what's he do? He drops a bombshell right in the midst of them. He drops a bombshell. Look at what he says. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, he shall come, saith the Lord of hope. Of hosts, but who will abide the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? Because he's re- appearing like a refiner's fire, a fuller's soap. Who does he think he is? How many of you know he began to expose some things in the old man? He began to bring light to all those hidden things of darkness. You know, they didn't like what they saw. He suddenly came to the temple with a new covenant. He was talking about the new covenant. And here we see he comes. Who shall abide the day of it? Who shall stand when he appears? He's like a refiner's fire. What does a refiner's fire do? It purges the silver and the gold. It purges out all those impurities so you can be like him. See, the Holy Ghost and fire has come so we can be what? Like him. So we can see him as he is. And he says, he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of who? Wasn't that what he was doing? And he says, He came to purify the son of Levi, to purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer an offering in righteousness. And he has come. He came already to do that. Now I want you to stay with me today. I'm going to take you on a little further than you've gone before. I've never done that before, but I'm going to try to do that today. Y'all don't mind, do you? If you stretch a little bit. Now, Isaiah chapter 33. Look with me. Isaiah chapter 33. 
Okay, I'm trying to turn to the pages with you, okay? Oh, hallelujah. Look with me in 33. Mm, I like what I see up above that. You ought to read this whole chapter of Isaiah 33. But he says in verse 11, You shall conceive chaff. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as a fire shall devour you. How many of you know the Holy Ghost and fire can do that? And the people shall be as a burning of lime, as thorns cut up shall be burned up in the fire. Hear ye that are far off, what have I done? Ye that are near, acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion. What is the sinners in Zion? That's the church. How many of you know there's still a lot of sinners in Zion that believe there's just still an old sinner saved by grace? Now, don't shout me down. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Why? Because they're still trying to do something on their own to get accepted. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among you shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with the everlasting burning? He that walketh righteously, speaks uprightly, despises the gain of oppression, shakes his hand from holding bribes, stops his ears from hearing of blood, and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of the rock. Bread shall give him in. His waters shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. Catch that. You see that? Your eyes are going to see the king in his beauty. That's the new creation. And behold the land that is afar off. Hallelujah. How many of you know Canaan land's not up there somewhere? It's in here. The kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. And he says, and he goes on down here. He says, look upon Zion, the city of our uh, solemnities. And I shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle, not taken down, not one stake thereof removed. See, that's talking about after its resurrection. But there the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad river streams and shall... And look what all he's saying here. Verse 22, the Lord is our judge, the the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. For those who don't know that little verse right there is why we have our three legislative branches today, right out of Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22. The Lord is our judge, judicial, the lawgiver, legislative, king, executive. There you are. All right, so your roots are not good. Your tackling shall be loosed. How many of you know he wants to set you free? They could not strengthen their mass. They could not spare the sails. And the prey of the great spoil divide. The lame shall take the prey. Now the inhabitants of the, of the, and, all, and the inhabitants shall not say I'm sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven what? All their iniquities. How many of you know God had this plan in eternity? And you know what? If you'll just look through Isaiah, you'll see some of that plan unfolding before it ever unfolded. It's everywhere. When Jesus preached to the road, on the road to Emmaus, And he spoke to them all the things concerning himself. He took Isaiah and the scriptures and went right through every verse talking about himself. And they said, did not our heart burn when he opened to us the word of God? See, all these things are there for us to see. And if you want some more, look in Psalms 15, Psalms 24. We won't go there about dwelling in that place, in that high place. Because if any man in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old things are passed away and all things are become new. And we see that's why as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. Galatians 4.19 says, My little children of whom I travail in pain until Christ be formed in you. Till Christ be what? How many of you know he wants more than just a seed? He wants a son. He wants more than just a son. He wants a full-grown son. 
Amen? I speak unto your children, it says in 1 John, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. How I many you know a lot of people stop with just little children having their sins forgiven? I'm going to go to heaven someday, so leave me alone. But then he says, I write to young men. Because why? You've overcome the wicked one. You know who your identity is. Then I write to you fathers because you know the father. See, there's a place for all three. There's a place for being a baby. There's a place for being a mature son, a young man. There's a place for being a father. And he's called us to be fathers, a full-grown representative of him himself. And that's what he wants. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost to help us, what? To grow up. That word formed, morpho, used only one time here. A child formed into the mature image and nature of Christ. Formed. What is the goal? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Romans 8 says what? He's conforming us. We've been predestined to be conformed to the very image of his son. That's what the Holy Ghost is here for. He's showing us a picture and he's showing us these things that what? Don't look exactly like him. And he's helping us with the Holy Ghost fire to expose it. And I won't say this more than once, but I want you to hear me. When, when the Holy Spirit has come, he holds up the standard and he shows you in the mirror what Christ looks like. And then, once you see what part of you is not like Christ, he gives you the fire to burn it up. Repentance and burn it up. What happens? Information leads to revelation. Revelation leads to what? Confrontation most of the time. That's when you begin to see what's going on and you have a choice to make. Then it leads to what? The end result is a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. See, that's why he's here, to help us to grow up into the fullness. And we will do that because that's what he wants for our lives. We see that. Okay. So, he has, according to Romans 8, predestined us to be conformed to his, his... I remember Bob Mumford said this one time. We are going to be judged someday of how much we conform to the image of Christ. It's not about just getting saved and getting your fire insurance and someday when the trumpet blows we get to go with him. How many of you know there's more to growing up with that? He wants us to grow up now. Amen? That's his goal for us. He's predestined us that. Now we want to see the purpose of the fire. He says the fan is in his hand, Matthew 3, and he's going to burn up the chaff and then he's going to separate the chaff from the wheat, and he's going to put the wheat where? In the, in the barn. You know, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, it says when the Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell, it says there was cloving tongues, tongues like a fire that set upon each one of them. Tongues as fire. See, there's the fire. The fire has come with the Holy Ghost to do what? To separate the wheat from the chaff. The fire is a good thing. Don't think of fire as just tribulations and problems and all that mess. The fire has come to purify the sons of Levi. And who's doing it? He is. So that we can what? Offer an offering in righteousness. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Tongues of fire. In the book of Acts, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost... Repent. What do we do? Repent. Exchange the way you think. And how many know the only way you can exchange the way you think is to have the mind of Christ? You have to exchange the old mind because it cannot, it's not subject to God, never can, will be. 
Repentance means to what? Change the way you think. The only way you can do that is what? Exchange. It's a gift. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. Right? That's all there is to it. No. Verse 40. He says, With many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, What? Be saved from this crooked and perverse world. Separate yourself from this wicked, corrupt, polluted world. That's what that was all about. That's why they were buried. That's why the Holy Ghost and fire came. That was the whole purpose, so they could be a what? A new creature in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not of this world. And he said to the disciples, they're not of this world. Father, keep them in this world, but keep them separate from the world. See, there is a separation that the Holy Ghost is trying to let us see to help us grow up into the fullness of Christ. Amen? And so we see that. You know, even in in Isaiah chapter 52, let's just turn over there right quick. How many of you love Isaiah 53? Oh, man. But look in Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52 leads up to Isaiah 53. Verse 8 says, The watchman shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing. For they will see eye to eye when the Lord brings again Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people and have redeemed Jerusalem. For the Lord has made bare his holy arm before in the eyes of all nations. Who is that? Jesus. All right. And he says, And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of, of God. Depart, depart. Go out from hence. Touch no unclean thing. Ye that out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Do you see the separation? That's the separation. How many of you know the old cannot produce good fruit? The new cannot produce bad fruit. There is a separation. The Holy Ghost and fire has come to help you separate the two. To be able to, to see those two. And he goes out, for you will go out with joy. You, will not, you shall not go out with haste nor flight. For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. And then behold my servant. Many were astonished at what he went through and what he looked like. But surely he bore our what? Our griefs and carried our sorrow. We see here in, in Ephesians chapter 5. Look with me. Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, thank you, Lord. How many of you know the fire? How many of you like to be baptized in fire? I want to tell you something about the fire. Lest I forget. No. May have to do this in two parts. Y'all don't care, do you? Isaiah 43 says what? When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. It won't even scorch you. You know why? Because it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fire because they wouldn't worship him, what did they say? Our God whom we serve is able to save us. And God, he says, and King, know this, he will. But King, I want to tell you one other thing. Even if he don't, we'll not bow down before your gods. He got furiated, and he got it hotter than it could ever be and had them thrown into the fire, and even those that threw them into the fire burned up instantly because it was so hot. And when they fell down on the floor, all that was burnt was the ropes that was holding them. And he looked up in there, and he says, I see three men standing free, and there's a fourth standing in the fire with them that looks like the Son of God. What is the fire? It's not here to hurt us. The fire is not here to hurt, hurt us. The trying of your faith is more precious than what? Gold that perish. Though it be tried with fire, will be found at the praise and honor and glory at his appearing. Don't worry about the fire. It's not there to hurt you. It's here to make us clean and pure through the blood of Jesus. He wants us to look just like him. 
Now, what's that saying? Well, I think one of the things it says, what 2 Corinthians 7, 1, not my notes, but having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. But how you do that, having these promises, Second Peter chapter 1, whereby giving us seed and great and precious promises that by these promises you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruptions that's in the world through lust. How's that happen? He gives you information about who you really are, Pam. And then he brings you a revelation of that, and then the confrontation comes, and then you choose which way to go, and all of a sudden you're brought into a, uh, what's that step, third step? I'm missing it. Transformation. And then the, revel- then the manifestation. See, that's what he's doing. But he gives you promises concerning it. In him dwells all the promises and all the fullness of Godhead, and you're already there. We just don't know we're there. But he's shining it, showing us in the mirror the things that he's prepared for us so we can grow up in him. How many of you know babies are neat, aren't they? But 20 years from now, if you're still holding that baby like that, what is that? What's wrong with that picture? What, what's wrong with that picture? It's really wonderful right now. But 20 years from now, wouldn't you as a father like to communicate him on a different level than that? Come on now. Do you think God wants to communicate with us as babies the rest of our lives? No way. He wants full-grown sons and daughters that he can fellowship with, that can thank him for what he's done. He wants us to grow up in the fullness. He wants us to go from glory to glory, from grace to grace, to faith to faith, in all the fullness. Because you know what? You've already been given everything you're ever going to be given. It's already given. It's not a matter of him giving you anything else. It's a matter of you receiving the promises he's already given you. But you put off. And you put on. Why did Paul talk to every church? Put off the old man with his deed. Put on the new man. Mortify that old man. Reckon him to be dead because he's already been crucified. He stinketh. But now, why is it? Because he wants us to grow up. What did we get? Ephesians 5. I didn't go there, did I? Ephesians 5. Verse 8. Oh, man. You see how the separation, everything you look at has a separation. He says, don't go here, don't do that. But he says here, verse 7 says, Be not you partakers with the, the old man. For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye lights in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Now let me stop right here. In him was light. In him was life, and the light was the light of man. That word life, we talked about We talked about this one day. But I want you to see something. That word life in the Greek is fire. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. That word light is fire. It could have been interpreted in, in, the, in the life was the fire of men. And that fire dwells in us. It's the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. See, they didn't have lights. The only light they had was the sun and the moon and the candle or lamp that was fire. It was a candlestick. See, he's the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. What does the fire do? It brings light, but it also purifies. See, and look what he's saying here. You were sometimes darkness, but now your lights are fire in the Lord. Walk as children of light or fire. Walk as children of fire. And he goes on to say here, For the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness truth 
proving what is acceptable in the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. What fellowship has light with darkness? What fellowship has my new man with my old man? My Bible says it's hostility between my old man and the new man. There is no fellowship between my old man and my new man. It's hostile. He doesn't like it, and he never will like it. So there's no fellowship there. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. But look, all things are reproved and made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is what? Light. Wherefore, awake thou that sleep and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fool, as wise, redeeming the time. The light makes manifest the darkness. Marion's talking about in today that John chapter 3. What? For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son. But it says men loved darkness rather than lights because their deeds were evil. Neither did they come to the light or the fire lest their deeds should be made manifest. That's the old man. He doesn't like light. He doesn't like fire. So why wouldn't Jesus baptize with the Holy Ghost in fire? To purge away that old thing. Purge it so we can what? Offer or offering in righteousness so we can be like he made us to be. Amen. That's good stuff. I like it. In Matthew 13, 49, it talks about the tares and the wheat. You know, it says, good master. They come in. They said, didn't you sow good seed? And he said, well, yeah, I did sow good seed. What's all these tares? He said, the enemy's done that. The devil's done that. That's what he's saying. How many of you know what the tares and the wheat, they kind of grow together? They said, well, do you want us to go out and pluck up all the tares? He said, oh, no, it's not necessary. Let them grow together until the harvest. And then in the harvest, I will send forth my angels, and they will take up all the tares and gather them in a bundle, and they're going to burn them with fire. And then put my wheat into the barn. You know what I saw there as I was looking at that yesterday? He said, don't bother them right now. Because if you try to pull out that old man out of this thing, it's going to affect your root system. Don't be overcome of evil. Don't get so saturated with worrying about that old man you lose sight of the new man. Let them both grow together. He's not bothering you any. Let them grow together until the harvest. Then we'll send forth the laborers. And what he showed me about fruit is, don't bother the fruit as long as it's growing up to be a fruit. But when that fruit becomes a full-grown wheat, it don't need the root anymore. It becomes a root in itself. Then it's okay. You with me? Don't concentrate on the, the terrors. Don't, don't concentrate. Concentrate on abiding in Him. Because, you know, if we abide in Him, you're going to bring forth much fruit. And herein is my Father glorified that you what? Bear much fruit. And you know what? That fruit that you bear, we talked about this morning. Most of the time when you're bearing fruit, you never even know it. Others around you see the fruit, eat the fruit, partake of your fruit. But all you're doing is just growing fruit. And God's purpose is for you to never know you're growing fruit. Because we talked about this morning. If you knew you was growing fruit, you'd say, look at this fruit. I've got about the best fruit in this whole nation. The fruit's not for you. The fruit's for others. I can be a partaker of your fruit, but I cannot be a partaker of my fruit. The fruit's for others.
And that's what happens when you abide in him and his word abides in you. You're going to bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. But see the separation as we grow up. And he says, don't worry about it. In that great day, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. I always worried about that. Well, am I a goat or am I a sheep? Well, I'm both. Don't shout me down. George, I have a goat living inside me. And I have a sheep living inside me. But there's a separation going on to separate that sheep from that goat. That goat can never make the exchange. He'll always be a goat. So I've got to be born anew, a new seed to have a sheep. You with me? Don't try to change the goat into a sheep. It don't work. All you have is a button sheep. It's always wanting to butt you all the time. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. How many of you know that yeah, but? Have you met him? He's hostile. Isn't it neat the way he's done it? And he's already paid for it all. So we can just live in the abundance that he's created for us, the sheep and the tares. I wonder why Jesus said when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth? When he comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, everything in the old man and Satan's out to destroy your faith in Christ. Holding the beginning of your confidence, what? Steadfast to the end. Your faith in what? In him. All Satan wants to do is just slip you one little thing. We talked about this morning. He's never changed his tactics. You get born again. Hallelujah. I remember when I got born again. I tell you, for two or three days, it was glorious. I used to be worse than a sailor, didn't I? My language was horrible. Gone. Night and day. Matter of fact, I got highly offended when I heard those words. It grieved my spirit. That thing was gone in a second. But you know what? It wasn't no time till I was trying to earn his approval. If you be a son of God, prove it. Why don't you do something to show him that you really care? Won't you work real hard and pray real hard and study real hard and fast real hard and give real hard and do all these things for his acceptance? That quick, Satan comes in, if you be the son of God. Do something to prove it. That has destroyed so many of the abundant life that he's promised for us. See, he made us accepted. I don't have to do anything for his acceptance. He made me accepted in the beloved, and I'm a son of God, and there's not a thing I can do about it, but just enjoy it. It's not based on what I do. It's based on what he done. And it's a gift. There's not a thing you can do to make it any better. Just enjoy it. See, that whole trap, if you be a son of God, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. Yeah, you do. Believe what he's done for you. That's all you have to do. Because this is the work of God that you believe what he's done. Well, we'll cover the rest later. Part one. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask today you just seal this word in our heart. Lord, let us realize that you came to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. You said every good and perfect gift comes from above. And Father, we know that even the fire is a gift of God to help us to separate the old from the new.
And Father, we thank you the Holy Ghost has been so faithful to help to conform us into your image, to expose those things that needs to be exposed. And Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for your word today. And Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.